0: Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth,
0: here is Steve Gregory.
2: Uh, Paul's not here. Uh, look how beautiful
3: the studio looks this morning. <laughs> Dora is here. It's going to be a great Great day. Amazing show. Uh, Wait, Paul's. Hang on, hang on. I'm watching the listenership go up right now. He there is. it goes. Sunshine yeah, yeah. Look at the and calls the start
2: to line up. <laughs> Paul's not here. Hello, everybody. You know, uh, what he's getting, I, I think he's in Florida where all the seniors are getting a retirement home, it sounds like. <laughs> I think they're,
3: be yeah, he's getting his varicose veins operated on Yes, Yes, So,
2: <laughs> yes, Paul's Happy celebrating birthday, his birthday Paul. and decided to take the day off. But, all right, we'll put you on, Paul. But he can't leave us alone. <laughs>
4: I've just the reason i the reason I called in I don't want to disrupt uh, the show or any of like that, but too I do too it. late <laughs> I, want to hear, I, I want to hear I want to hear Frank and Steve wish me a happy birthday that's why already I already did in. I want to hear it again. I didn't hear it
3: you know as you get I older, the like memory's the second singing. thing to
4: go yes <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? Maybe it was because the waves were crashing against the beach, and if I couldn't hear you. I apologize for that.
3: And you know what, though? If you
2: put down the metal detector... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how is it in that retirement community you're at? <laughs> you guys are, I'm going
4: to listen to the show because you guys are going to abuse me, aren't you?
2: No, we won't. No, we won't. We're here to talk about mortgages and real estate.
4: That's it. That's all all right. right.
2: That's it. Happy birthday, Paul. Happy Bella. birthday, Paul.
4: Birthday. Thank you, guys. Have a Kay. great show. Enjoy
3: bye, your bye. 50th year.
2: Yes.
4: Yeah, yes. I'm only 49 in my no, no. 50th year. That's yeah. right. Yeah, You're that's
3: right.
2: in your right. 50th year.
4: That's yeah. a big well, one. At, yeah, yeah. That's young compared to you guys, that's for sure. Not Dora. But easy. Oh, easy. easy.
3: And easy, let us know how many easy. bottle caps you find.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Have a great show. Yep. Bye-bye.
3: <laughs> I have this vision of him with a metal detector. <laughs> yep. Long shorts and high socks. <laughs> uh, the ca- the capris, like you like right. to yes. call them, yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. yep. All right, so spring is upon us.
1: Spring is upon us. It's warm.
3: You're going to tell us that the listings are now through the roof, right?
1: I I wish I could, but I can't. So, certainly, yeah, uh, the, the listings are up from last month, which is which is great. Um, we're just over 2,100 residential properties on the market right now and about 600 condo properties. We're still not
3: at 3,000. No,
1: we're not quite at 3,000. But I don't know if maybe that's going to become the new normal, right? So the, the challenge right now is with the interest rates having paused, which is really, really good news, a lot of the people that were on the sidelines have sort of started to think, okay, it's time to to get back into the market. And so for the last six months, I think we were in this limbo state where we were waiting for, not we, there were some buyers that were waiting for the prices to bottom out. And there were people who were waiting for the interest rates to top out and and sort of, you know, that sort of strange place where nobody was really doing anything. And I think that we are past that point. We are on the rebound. The volume of sales in March is up from February. The interest rates have stayed flat. And I think that gives a lot of optimism and a lot of confidence to young buyers. The majority of the sales in the auto real estate market. Tend to be between five hundred and eight hundred thousand dollars and $800,000. And I think what we're seeing right now are a lot of first time home buyers jumping in, which is terrific because they haven't been active for a long time. But what that is doing is uh what is that that's doing sorry frank's making some noise um is is depleting the inventory so for a first-time home buyer if they're purchasing they're sort of you know taking a product off the shelf but not putting one back on and so i think rather than focusing on the interest rates and everything that we've been talking about um about the market slowing down i think the conversation is going to flip back to inventory because we have an aging population. They, those folks, are actually staying in their home longer, and so they're not putting inventory back on the shelf. And young people who are purchasing for the first time are taking inventory, and so we are seeing the homes that uh, present well that have been updated selling in multiple offers again. And so that's that's a, a cyclical thing, and unless we get quite a bit more inventory, I think inventory is going to be our focus for the Which next means few it's months. Going to
3: drive prices up.
1: It, it, it will to a point because despite having uh, multiple offers, we're seeing a bit more of a conservative multiple offer scenario. So, you know, I had one this week where there were three or four multiple offers and the the home sold over asking, but not anywhere close to the 50, anything that we're at.
3: With conditions or no?
1: Um, in this case it was it was firm. Um, again, no conditions. so we we had a few months of you know a grace period, so to speak, where there are a lot of homes were a lot of homes selling with conditions, condition of inspection, condition of finance, and particularly for younger people on the newer products, right? So and what are they buying? Townhomes. Townhomes yeah. for, the, for the majority. Um, I, I think, at least that's my experience, I think that uh, condos, although they are affordable, the condo fees sometimes are quite high and, and young people are a bit pragmatic and if you sort of do the math on where that money is going um then you know they whether they're able to borrow a little bit or save for a little bit more and have a bigger down payment and go to straight to the condo versus the the I mean townhouse versus the condo.
2: You seeing the same thing, Frank? Seeing the same thing, certainly uh first time home buyers are certainly coming at least around a little bit more often where they're um looking and thinking about hopefully getting into the housing market. That being said, there's still a number of them that are saying we we hope interest rates come down. We haven't seen the drop in interest rates the way we hope we would at this time, by this time. Bank of Canada's paused twice, which is good news. Next announcement isn't until June. We've seen the inflation number come down to 4.3 this past week announced um, and expect it to be well into the threes starting the next announcement, which is, again, good news. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still, you know, you're still in for a five-year fix. You're in the mid fours. And you're still stuck with the 25-year amortization if you're a first-time homebuyer and buying with less than 20 percent down. So, you know when you're when the average home is you know a town home is maybe 600 and thousand, you're putting 5 percent down, you're still looking at payments well into the 3,000 if you put property taxes in there. And for a lot of either young individuals who want to buy or a young couple that's looking to get their first home, um, it, it's probably more than what they were hoping to pay on a monthly basis.
1: It, it is. It, it certainly is. Um, there are some townhomes, particularly older ones, you know, the ones that don't have all the bells and whistles. So they're they're architecturally, they're not as open concept. Perhaps they don't have the en suite. They've got a cheater en suite. They've got a little bit of cosmetic work that needs to be done. But I think that, you know, folks, young folks are, are gravitating towards those because over the years they can pluck away and do some of the updates, but it gets them into home ownership.
3: You think the strike will slow the market down here?
1: Well we have we have so many federal workers. Um I I your guess is as good as mine, I guess. I mean I would short I would term. assume so short term. It'll delay it a bit, don't It'll you? It'll delay it, no. but as the market is heating up, is it going to slow it down or is it just or will we see a little like speed bump? I I'm not sure.
2: It all depends on length of time. I mean if the strike goes, you know, into three, four, five weeks, then I think it could impact the real estate market. You know, much more tremendously than it will if if the strike is over in a week or two. So, can you still
3: qualify for a mortgage if you're on strike?
2: Yeah, technically, you still have a full time job just because you're on strike now. And most lenders will look at it; they're government employees, and ideally, it's not, it, you know, it's not what they want to see. But at the end of the day, they realize that you know they still have a full time job, and it's just a matter of days or weeks before. They're Back at work and getting their full time paychecks. So. Yes, it depends what you have in the bank and what your cash flow is like, right? Well, that's for the individual themselves. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't get in the way of qualifying, but it does certainly impact. And, you know, I'll give you an example. My own family, my niece got her keys on Thursday and she was for the government. And the first day that she gets keys to her house, she's on strike and now getting no strike stress day. there. Yeah, Instead my of, goodness. Yeah, like, like talk about bad luck. Jeez. And it's just, you know, she has nothing to do with it. I mean, she's one of 150,000 yeah, yeah. or whatever. But at the end of the day it's gonna impact her a little bit. You know, thankfully she's got money set aside and she didn't put everything into her down payment, but nonetheless it's still gonna hurt at the time when, you know, she's most excited and getting that first home of hers with her fiance and and lo and behold, they both work for the government, so they're both oh, on stage. Oh, boy. No. So, yeah. <laughs> Lots yeah, of time so, for unpacking, maybe. <laughs> so maybe, but at no, the end of the not, day, uh, it takes some of that excitement away oh, from that. Of them, course so. it does.
1: It's it's an awful stress
2: for them. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, good timing, huh? Yeah, but again, I mean, it, it, it it's not going to impact whether you get approved, but it will impact bank accounts. I mean, they're getting seventy five dollars yes. a day versus their regular pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, if it lasts a week, ah, eh, you can absorb it. But if it lasts two, three, four weeks, all of a sudden it will impact some of those first time homebuyers, and maybe you know force them to wait another six months before they get into the market. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? Depending a- on what house prices do, and that's the big question. I mean, yes. so uh, you know, there's there was a number of articles this week that talked about a global recession. Like, we're not talking about a recession here, but a global recession. Um, and if a global recession hits, then you know the good news is that interest rates will come down. Uh, the other part of every you know them being on strike right now, the government employees being on strike is Ottawa is very reliant on government employees and it's going to hurt the economy here yes, in Ottawa it, as well. Yeah. So you know local businesses are going to pay the price because they're the ones that you know these people now won't eat out as much and obviously they don't have that money to to spend money on other things and so overall the Ottawa economy and I think you know the mayor talked about it yesterday it's going to impact the city of Ottawa for sure, for sure. more than any other Absolutely. city. Absolutely. All right. five
3: two one eight two five five. Hang on. We should mention his name before we go away
2: because I know he's listening and he'll be upset if we don't say Paul is having a birthday today. Yes, in he is. You know, and he's shopping for <laughs> wheelchairs and stuff. And so. Long socks. <laughs> yes, and long socks. That's right. White right ones
1: and sandals.
2: <laughs> we'll be right back.
0: We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show. On News Talk five eighty CFRA.
3: Welcome back to the show. Dora's here. Frank is here. Paul is getting older as
2: we speak. Yes, he's he's shopping for a walker. I meant to say so, <laughs> a walker.
1: <laughs> yeah. Enjoying the sunshine.
2: Yeah. Well, it's not bad here. Twenty three. Although we're supposed to get a uh, whole lot of rain.
1: That's right. Steve's oh, uh, in, Steve's in, in summer, summer gear today. Yes,
2: got to go with the shorts. Frank's got a jacket zipped right up his neck. Here. <laughs> yes, he does. i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <You know, laughs> getting old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what the number one topic for a lot of people to call us are now? Cash flow. Really? Oh,
1: I believe it.
2: It's all about cash flow I today. I mean, it. the interest rate's important on a mortgage, but cash flow is critical for a lot of people that call us. And it's all about. They've been accustomed to a certain lifestyle, and now, and here, let me put this rant out: eight cents more a liter for summer gas. Really, I can't wait for the fall to hear about gas coming down eight cents a liter because now it's winter gas. Like, come on, yeah, yeah. Be and that. we fall for it. Yeah, we fall for it, and nobody protects us, protects the Canadians. But anyway, that's my rant for for the day. Let's uh, so cash flow out is it now, but cash flow is the biggest, biggest conversation piece for us. These are um, people with
3: existing mortgages that have to renew and are going, oh my God, coming it's going to cost me how much more? You
2: know, I had a couple this week coming off of 274, like 2.74. Like that is mm-hmm. a very good interest rate. And they're in their 50s, like late 50s, early 60s. So for them- So
3: they're going 274 to-
2: Because they've got a lot of equity in the home. That's the other thing that- you know the banks don't talk about because the banks don't have what's called an insurable mortgage, and what an insurable mortgage is is when your loan to value is sixty five percent or less. So what that means is if you've got a six hundred thousand dollars home, sixty five percent of six hundred thousand is three ninety. So if your That's mortgages, yeah, <laughs> so if your mortgage is three hundred ninety thousand dollars or less, you can get what's called an insurable mortgage. So there are lenders out there that will allow you to to reamortize your mortgage to 25 years. So to to ensure that you keep the cash flow that you're comfortable with as opposed to most banks will say to you, nope, your amortization's at 14 years and if you want to increase your amortization to longer than 14 years, then you've got to go through a lawyer, we've got to re-register it and, and then it's you a qualifying and to then then you got to qualify again. Yeah. Now, if we if we switch the mortgage over to another lender, you still got to re-qualify, but it becomes easier to re-qualify if we're increasing your amortization to 20 to 25 whatever it is to make sure that you maintain the payments that you're comfortable with. I still just, don't buy this requalifying. I,
3: if you've had a mortgage 5 10 years, you've never been late on a payment, you
2: should not have to requalify. 100% you have the it, it freedom seems, to be able to go wherever you want. Yeah, 100% it seems
1: like you have a track record, right? The bank's
2: going to renew of you. So 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 if the existing bank is renewing you without any question, then why couldn't you go to another lender? who might give you a better mortgage without having to go yeah, through them, that. Yeah, it gives that one specific bank all the
3: advantage.
1: It certainly does.
2: And if that bank knows that you don't qualify anywhere else, now they're taking away the advantage you have, which is negotiating a better rate because they know you can't go anywhere else. Yeah. So You, ever, you think they'll ever look at that?
1: Nope.
2: That's not important to them.
1: <laughs> what do you really no. think? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, Can you think about I, the question for a second? <laughs> I can't, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I've oh. seen enough of this. I've seen enough of this where OSFI's concern – is the the banks, the financial institutions, just our financial where, whereabouts. So that's, that's their number one priority because if they really cared about you know a young Canadian getting into home ownership, they would be looking at the 30, 35, 40-year amortization and saying we want to help Canadians get into homes. But the fact that they're not sends a strong signal to us that really what's important to them. And listen, they took a lot of grief, myself included, and I admit it on the stress test. Because I didn't see eight prime rate changes in a right. 10-month yeah. period. Yeah. Nobody saw that. So because of that, it made sense. The stress test actually ended up benefiting. Yes. But the stress test should also have measures in place where when we peak at interest rates, like we feel like we're at now, mm-hmm. then that stress test needs to be adjusted, and they're not doing anything to adjust it. do well, so- you have to per-
3: qualify it now.
2: Depends on the term you take. So if you took a variable rate as an example, and some customers are still taking variable rate because they strongly believe that interest rates will come down and a variable rate allows you the opportunity to be able to convert it to a fixed mortgage down the road without any penalty. You know, at best, you're getting a variable rate at 5.7%, prime 6.7 less one. But many banks are prime less a quarter, prime less You know, a half maybe. So you make that six point two percent. Yeah, two percent at eight point two. Very difficult for people to qualify at eight point two percent. One of the banks has its that. You know, they want us to sell the mortgage and the line of credit. But if we sell the line of credit, then they price the whole thing at the line of credit rate is generally prime plus a half, which is seven point two plus two nine point two. So they 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 tell us they got to qualify at 9.2. And we say, well, if that's the case, we're not going to sell your line of credit. Now the customer doesn't qualify. So like you're telling us you want customers to take the line of credit, but then you penalize them for taking that line of credit. So,
1: and I think too, I mean, there there's, I've heard people say that, you know, when, when I was purchasing a home, the interest rates were fifteen, eight, ten, twelve 10, 12%. So this is actually quite low. And in, in, comparison perhaps but let's not forget that the average sale price of a freehold home in Ottawa last month was $701,000 and so last I checked it, it the income animal income hasn't increased at the pace that houses have come up and so they're 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 just not affordable for a lot don't of people don't when, forget
3: when those rates were 18 19 20% you could buy a house in toronto for 100000 that's exactly
1: that's that's sort of the point like that i was a trying huge to make difference. that's right that's what I, and so if you look at you know the house price versus your annual income it wasn't you didn't have to do five years of income in order to, to sort of get to that price point. So I think that's the big difference. And so we, affordability and sort of back to cash flow, I think too, people's credit cards have, have you know, we've seen a huge debt increase in, in, in credit cards and sort of using one to pay off the other. Especially the
3: last year. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh... So
3: how are first-time homebuyers doing it? Obviously, they're not doing it on a single paycheck.
2: Bank of Mom and Dad. Yeah, is Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Bank of Mom and Dad, and 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 I think we're we're not seeing individuals as much purchasing a home. Um, whether it's you know uh, like a, a brother and a sister or cousins or friends, friends or you are starting a to see that now people pooling yes. together. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I am.
2: Yeah, it's it's it gives them that that door opening for them, at least for the next three to five years, where they That's can right. build some equity, have a place to live without paying rent and, you know, and, you know, what so that their money's doing something, at, at least they're, they're putting their money to work a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and at the same time, they're building some equity, hopefully, and property values start going back yeah, up, which we've seen appreciation
1: this year. happens. Uh, we have, we've seen right. property values go up already, you know, 8% from the beginning of the year. Which is is significant, um, but uh, yeah, if you're if you're able to get out of the renting cycle, and but that's the toughest thing is rent is so expensive. So how do you save? And, and Frank is right. The the bank of mom and dad certainly helps.
2: You're seeing a lot of that now. I guess. Well, we're seeing the bank of mom and dad help on the down payment and or brother sister. Yes, and we've also seen uh, bank of mom and dad also assist on. Potentially qualifying. So, what about guarantor? Whether it's guarantor or cosigner, depending on the institution you go with, most banks want the parents to go on as cosigners. And, you know, we had a scenario this week where the parents are doing the hold down payment and they want to go on as cosigner, but they only want to go on at 1%. And I said, well, then you're not really protected because you're only a 1% owner. You know, you have to have a different contract, but you could go on as guarantor because the couple just barely qualifies. But the reason they want to go on ownership, or at least the bank has told them, Go, go on as owners because you're putting the down payment, but goes 1%. It's like that doesn't make any sense. You're better off to go on as guarantor, which doesn't impede your borrowing power because as a guarantor, it doesn't show up on a credit bureau, you don't show up on title, and then do a separate contract with the lawyer where you've given the down payment so that if, if something ever happens with the relationship uh, or they sell the house, then at least you can recoup your down payment back based on a contract that's so in place. So if you co-sign it shows on your line of credit as your debt it shows on your uh, on your credit bureau yes as your debt you're fully responsible for it then most banks don't won't say wow well, uh, yeah we understand you just co-sign uh-uh like when it comes to qualifying for other products down the road that counts as a debt and as a guarantor you don't guarantor It doesn't show up on credit bureau doesn't show up on title because you're not on title essentially what's happening as a guarantor is you sign documents that state that you will be there should payments start to be missed. If a pay, if the payments get missed, then the lender contacts you and says, hey, you're the guarantor. We need you to bring the payments up to date. If something has happened where you choose not to make the payments to bring it up to date, that's fine. Then the lender will start to take legal action on the property. And if they sell the house and they and they suffer a loss, that's where the guarantor is at risk. Because at that point, then the lender can come after the guarantor for the missing funds, for the lost funds. So. How much do you love your kids? <laughs> so, well... You know, in what, some cases, what I find is they don't want to do it because they may not be happy with the partner that the kids chose. <laughs> oh, <on>. my word. <laughs> and I've all seen All of that. a sudden, you get a little thing yeah. in the situation. Well, yeah. and I'll tell you where I've seen it is I've seen it because they all come in together and we chat. And then about an hour later, I get a phone call from the... Say, can I talk to you yes. privately yes. That's and that's here's right. what I'm thinking. And, yeah. you know, and this is where I say, like, for me, I'm a mortgage broker. I'm not... I'm a mortgage agent. I don't... You know that's legal advice you need, but I I say to them you should. Here's what I've seen happen. So in the is past. the question:
3: Can we just put it in my daughter's name or in my son's
1: name? So that- I think it's a contract, right? It's a contract so that the the down payment goes back yep. to the individual yeah. um, or the half that has donated it, um, or to back to the the, the guarantors.
2: Yeah, in and ma- in many cases the parents just want to protect their down payment, so. You know, it, it's an easy solution. You're going to have that conversation with the lawyer. You're going to have the conversation with the kids in advance, I yeah. said, too. Like, don't surprise them at the end. Have that conversation the, with the kids saying, listen, I'll put up the $100,000 down payment, but when we go to the lawyers, we're going to sign a contract that my $100,000 will come back to me should you guys break up yeah. and or once you sell the property.
3: 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back.
0: We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. door in for Paul. Frank is here.
1: Oh, wait. We've got to put the plug in. Happy birthday, Paul. Oh, yeah, happy birthday, <laughs> Paul.
3: Did we mention it was Paul's birthday yet?
1: <laughs>
3: I think we may have forgotten that.
1: <laughs>
3: Boy. He's, a, he's about the average age of a first-time oh. homebuyer
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> We're well, not quite that bad yet. Yeah. Not bad. But it is but late twenties. Definitely thirties, right? Yeah, late twenties, early thirties now is when we're seeing most first time home buyers. Uh had one this week and yeah, they were they were twenty she was twenty nine, he was thirty one. So yeah.
3: Qualifying, you you got to make sure they're qualified for sure. You do
1: have to make sure they're qualified for sure, even have the conversation with their mortgage person to make sure. Is that
3: a tough conversation to have with people? Because once you start getting into their money and...
1: I I think some people are shy, right? Some people are shy and some people are very, very... Uh, defensive. And so I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But then you sort of get into, you know, how fine are you and what do you qualify for? And the other thing, too, with a lot of first time home buyers is the emphasis on once you have been qualified, do not change anything about your situation. Don't change jobs, don't buy a car, don't, you know, incur debt from buying furniture, from whatever it is. And I think that that's something that. You know, because for some homebuyers haven't been in the market for some time, maybe they're not chatting with their friends, maybe they don't know. Or they think but once they're qualified, they're, once good they're, qualified go. they're good to go. Once they're qualified, they're good to go. But uh, it's, a, it's a really important conversation to have because, you know, it, the, the lenders are tougher and tougher. And, and, and Frank can attest to that, you know, at the very last minute coming up with all sorts of things. And if you've changed your situation from the time you're qualified, it, it could be very unfortunate news. Big difference between getting qualified
2: and getting approved, right? Um, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I hear banks and other people say you can get pre-approved in 30 seconds. It's like, no, you can't. You just can't. Not not in today's environment. Today, there's many factors that come into play as to whether you get qualified. And somebody telling me that they make $80,000 is one thing. Proving it on paper is something different. And the lenders vetting it is even another step in itself. So a lot of lenders today are looking for multiple ways to make sure that that income is in is indeed verified because it doesn't happen in Ottawa very much. Very much so happens in the GTA. A lot of fraudulent paperwork, paperwork. goes into these lenders right. because it's so easy to produce fraudulent paperwork these days. And listen, a lot of these people that are doing this are not looking to fraud the banks. They just want home ownership and they'll do whatever it takes to get into home ownership. They'll make their payments. This is nothing it's new. It's still fraud. You
3: always, over time, people always yes. went to their employer and say, can yeah. you just bump this up a little bit? Yep. Or just can to you qualify. give me a letter saying I've been here longer? Yeah. It's not, I mean, I guess it's fraud technically. But in your mind, you're going, I just want to qualify and That's get right. out. That's right. Like,
2: I'm going to make my it. payments. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm not looking to rip anybody off. But nonetheless, it's still fraud. Like, when you do it, it's still fraud. So because it happens so much more in other areas, what we're finding is that we get painted with that same brush, and even though you know when i say to lenders i say you guys have taken this way too far the credit bureau shows that they work there you've got a pay stub you've got a letter you've got a, a t4 to their bank account
1: too
2: and in many cases if they're providing us down payment confirmation it's in the bank account that the pays are going in you guys are taking this way too far and now we got to call the employer well how, yeah. how, why and especially now with them on strike. If we got a government employee, they're on strike. So I said, how are you going to do verbals mm-hmm. when they're on strike right now? Like you can't do verbals. You have to accept the fact that there's a T4, the pay stubs going into the bank account, it, the pay stub itself, and you, a letter. That has to be you enough. You would
1: think that the if, if their employer's on the credit bureau, the pay stubs are going into the account, that that would be more verifiable than a phone call to a random number. 100%. Where, where I mean – it is fraud but it could be you answering or you answering yeah. and it's uh, it's it's strange that that's the case.
2: And then you get mis- – like we had one this week where the lender writes us back and says we called the employer but he said that the pay is $300 less than it's on the letter. But that person wrote the letter and it matches the pay stub. So maybe that person made Just a mistake doesn't know. Oh when they said the gosh. amount yeah. and now you're holding that as the yeah. reason for holding up the file. Again, there's silly stuff, and listen, we're asking for more paper than we ever have before. We need to. And you at know, what was point a, does it become an invasion? It is. We're there. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah. with the exception of blood tests and urine tests, we're <laughs> yeah. doing yeah, everything that's else. About it. Yeah. Like like honestly, we've done everything else to clients to make sure that they are who they are. And I get the fraud part, but the fraud part is a is a two tiered system. Not only do we have to get ID and make sure that we're dealing with the customer yes. we're dealing with. Yeah. But also the lawyers responsible for that too. So there's there's a two tiered system, and then of course we have title insurance to back us up. So so we we've done that part, but it's just it's just gone too far. It's gone too far on down payment where we've got to verify every single deposit that goes in somebody's account and where it came and from. And when
3: did this become your responsibility?
2: It it did because there's money laundering issues that have happened over the last number of but years. But with and once, though? but once the yes. money's
1: in the bank, is it not the bank's responsibility to see where it's coming from?
2: Uh, yes except for then they come to us and they say but a lot of people are using this to launder money to get into housing right so we want that double check in place right. which is you guys and right. you know uh, we're getting people that have uh, that have family overseas and they're getting money from overseas yes. and that's being grilled a lot um, so you know when that's why when I hear you can get pre-approved in 30 seconds not a ch- listen I could do it I can ask you three questions right what's your job yeah what's your credit like, and what's your down payment, and I can tell you whether you're going to be qualified or not. Yeah. But then it takes – that's only to tell you, okay, you're in that ballpark. The next step, though, is now show me the paper, mm-hmm. show me the down payment so that I can make sure that when you go look at homes with Dora, that you yes. put an offer in, that you've actually got a pre-approval in place, an actual formal pre-approval that, that's that's going to work, as opposed to, well, you told me that I was good. Yeah. That's now right. I look at your paper and it doesn't match what you told me. And oh. I told you you were good based on what you told me. But now I see that you've got variable hours this week. Why do you only work 62 hours this week? I thought you were full time and working 80 hours. Well, I decided to take a couple of days off and I, they don't pay me for that. But, well, now you're not full time. That's right. Now it's totally different.
1: And it's also debt, right? A lot of, I would suspect that a lot of people are a little bit shy to be upfront when they're first getting qualified. Um, with their credit card debt with any other debt with student loans with whatever it is and and so that comes into play as well. And you've got to know approval. you've got
3: to know you're 100% solid if you're going into a multiple offer situation.
1: You have to know you're 100% solid. We cannot emphasize enough that you if you are going in if that seller accepts your offer, you are purchasing that property. And so you have to be super, super solid. So the the person that you're working with, they are your advocate. Please, please make sure that you've talked to your mortgage broker. Make sure that you know exactly what you're getting into.
2: You know, and you talked about credit score, it's critical. It's so critical today. I've had customers come in that tell me they've got perfect credit. And then when you do their credit check, it's not so perfect. Yeah. Because they forgot about a collection that they had that they haven't paid yet, because they're due again. That's on there, or mm-hmm. they're over their limit on a credit card, and that automatically they're making their payments on time. So they, in theory, they're being good. But if your credit card limit is five thousand and you owe five thousand four hundred, your credit score is going to suffer as it's soon as tough. you go over half. long How long,
1: right? how long does it suffer? If in that case, like if you are, could you're be in cre- a month.
2: Like like if you're bounced fifty four hundred on five thousand and you make that you make a two thousand dollar payment and now you're thirty four hundred on five thousand, the next month your score could go from six ten to six ninety because you haven't missed any payments. Yeah. Gotcha. But it penalizes you heavy For that. if you're over your limit. So so we, we see that sometimes with customers that are they'll have three credit cards, one's over the limit, the other two aren't used. It's like Spread them out. You know, you think you're doing well, and they do. They think they're doing well by not using the other two. But in Mm -hmm. essence, they've hurt themselves by being over the limit on the one card. They're better off to be spread out. (laughs) Shame. Over the limit,
3: almost as bad as missing a payment,
2: right? Almost. Almost. Missing a payment is worse, but if you're over the limit, red flags go up because you're living beyond your means is the way some of these lenders look at it. So how can you afford a mortgage? How how can we trust that you're going to be making your payments? So the other thing that we see a lot of is shame today. Like it's... It's difficult for people to admit that they're in financial distress. They feel ashamed about it. And instead of doing something about it, they just hold it in and continue to make banks a lot of money. Because when you have credit card debt, it's very expensive. And as opposed to you've got a house that's now worth 600 that you bought five years ago for three yeah. You've got a nice $250,000 mortgage. And instead of... You know, just end. yeah, saying you know what, we need some help. We want to get our cash flow in place. We don't want to pay these outrageous interest rates. But because of shame about making seeing that happen to you, instead of doing something about it, you just kind of continue to go and go and go. Yeah, and see, it's and not, if you're
3: proactive, there's no shame in that.
2: The, you, you no, sh- for there should sake. be no shame. No, I've seen amazing people go through it where they just they just get caught up. Whether something happens in their life that just costs them money. Or whatever. They're, listen, good people make make bad choices sometimes. So, or a victim of
3: circumstance, or a
2: victim of circumstance. There's so many factors out there. But you know, whether you get, whether you're able to add it to your existing mortgage, get a home equity line of credit, or even get a private mortgage if you have to, but just put yourself in a better position. Don't let the lenders that you owe the money to win. By getting outrageous amounts of interest off of you, especially
1: all. now that the the homes have appreciated so quickly in the last five years, that if you do find yourself in a cash flow crunch, yeah. it's it's a great idea because certainly your house has more value than it did when you purchased it.
2: Yeah, and, and historically, a, and again, you
3: shouldn't have to requalify.
2: Well, no, no, <laughs> in, in that case, you do. But historically, what I find is that you know the, the people that let these things continue end up getting worse and worse and worse yeah. because you just can't keep up That's because right. you just well, continue to borrow unsecured is... debt. And then you find yourself in a position where, oh my Lord, now I have three credit cards with, with big balances as opposed to I only had the one. Yeah. If I would have addressed it earlier, I would have been in better shape.
3: 521-TALK, five two one eight two five five. back with our final segment on this very special day, <laughs> Paul Rushforth's birthday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk Five Eighty CFRA. Welcome back to the phones. We go. Let's go to uh, beautiful downtown Elmer. Say hello to Rob. Hey, Rob. Hello, Rob. Hi. Hi. Thanks for answering. Uh, look, I, I have a big crisis here with flood and all this, but I was checking my insurance, and uh, I had I have an amount on value of the house in case it burns down or whatever. But how do I how do I put it up? Like I don't know what to what to ask them to put on the insurance because right now the house is between seven hundred and fifty and eight hundred thousand.
2: Well, again, I mean, keep in mind when you get insurance for properties, if you notice, some of the insurance companies sometimes overinsure, which isn't a bad thing depending on what the cost is. But in many cases, uh, you got to keep in mind that you still have the land, so yeah,
0: the land has a
2: big value. You know, the cost is what's. What's it going to cost to rebuild your house yeah, have, something Yeah,
0: I, I have a property. It's a, it's an acre downtown, if you can imagine. Right. I know it's very valuable, but I got my house valued at 328000
2: that's what they value the house at, at three twenty eight.
0: That's what the amount is, yeah, to, re- to rebuild it if I had a fire and it burned down. Yeah, know? yeah.
2: You may want to get them to reassess it. I mean, there's nothing, yeah, so
0: I, nothing wrong with calling out.
2: the insurance company. And if they don't want to do it, then tell them, fine, then I'm going to shop around for another insurance company. Or get your own assessment. Yeah, get your own assessment yeah. in place.
0: Yeah. My house hasn't burned down. Just I want to know... An idea of what I I should put it at because of the rates, you know, the way the the amount of mortgage on the house has gone. Uh, Excuse me, I'm sorry. The amount the house has gone from before it was about four hundred thousand, but now it's way up double.
2: Yeah, I would get an assessment. Yeah, yeah. You can get an appraisal, or but that costs you money. You should be able to get an insurance agent to come out and assess your property. What the what the cost would be to rebuild rebuild it? Yeah.
0: And they'll give me a true figure? They should. Yeah. I, yeah mo- most of the time, the like I
2: company. said <laughs> Yeah, most of the time, like I said, they normally overinsure. In a lot of cases, you know, you're rare where I'm finding it seems like it's lower. In most cases they yeah. they actually insure you for more than it would cost well, to rebuild well, it.
0: That's what I told them the value was.
3: Yeah, but that's if you have replacement cost on there, it then the it insurance. doesn't matter.
2: Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Right. you got to have yeah. replacement costs. But again, that's a conversation for insurance an insurance company. agent. And if they're not answering the pro- uh, the questions properly, yep. go to another insurance company. do okay. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Let's go to uh, Daniel in Ottawa. I've been waiting a while. Hi, Daniel.
5: Hi. I just want to uh, express two frustrations I was going through last year when I was applying for for a mortgage and looking for a, for a home. And I was hoping... That I was working with a, with a mortgage broker, but I wanted to get Frank's opinion about what, if anything, could have been done.
2: Okay.
5: The, the first frustration was, I, I am a public servant, and I, I, you know, there's a salary scale that we all have. Yep. And so my salary was this amount uh, uh, this year, but I know, you know, it's guaranteed uh, to go up next year as I go up the salary scale. Yep. But the lender would only look at my my current salary today, even though we know exactly how much I'll be making next year and the year after, and the amount actually goes up. Even more, more than that, because once they reneg- renegotiate the agreements, you know, the, with inflation and everything, they adjust it. So that, that was the first frustration.
2: Well, valid, except for again, a lender is only going to. Uh, the only thing they look at is current salary. They can't look at future salary, one way or the other. It doesn't matter to them. They can
5: only, only lend based, based is, on Frank. current you know, salary. Exactly what the salary is going to be next year and year after, and it's guaranteed raises every year.
2: I I, I get it. I I understand that, but. They they can't set that precedent because where where you know what your salary is going to be in a year or two, uh, you know. public Assuming servants still have that. That's job. right. Yeah. Public servants have that that availability, but not yeah. everybody else. And and what they won't do is have special circumstances for certain employers and not for other employers. It's got to be the same rules across the board. Hence why they use current salary only. A snapshot in
5: time. Okay, there was that frustration. And the second one, which was a bigger frustration, was uh, at the time, I, I was going through uh, a legal separation and divorce. And so I needed to buy a, a home, like a, f- a three-bedroom, you know, family-sized home so I can accommodate my-, my two kids. Yep. But the challenge was that I had, you know, the lender looks at your obli- your obligations and, of course, uh, separation the Separation agreement. Support. That's right. Support payments. And then they look at the-, the amount I was paying in child support, and that gets 100% deducted from my income. Yes, and then as a result i was not qualifying for a ton of homes that were that were perfect you know and you were and you and, and it's it's completely unfair because i you know I'm, I'm trying to qualify for a family sized home and have this obligation and you were talking earlier about i mean i did not have to go this route thankfully but you were talking about about fraudulent documents i mean there was an easy way to get around that is you can create a document with a that looks legitimate from a lawyer's office with a with a lower monthly amount and then all of a sudden you you qualify like what's the what what would have been the risk
2: of of doing that well you know what your
3: best option would have been get a private mortgage for a year and then
2: move on not really because again i mean at the end of the day if you're if you're looking to get into a home because you want to you know basically give a home to your family just because you've gone through separation you shouldn't have to commit fraud and i totally agree with you that that it's unfair the way it's used right now where the debt that you pay or the support payments that you're making count fully against you um, but Um, You know, I think we put some proposals forward for it to be looked at differently, and we're hoping that that's looked at moving forward because we're seeing more and more of this.
3: Well, that's truly unfair because if you're married and everything is rosy and you have kids, they don't deduct the amount you're going to spend on your kids.
2: Uh, Exactly. That's right. Exactly. And that's our point. That's why we're putting these proposals forward as an association, but... I'll tell you. I mean, it's tough to get through. Like I said, I mean, we're ha- we're struggling just to get a thirty-year amortization for first-time home buyers. Uh So, getting any other things um, in place right now is very difficult. But they're valid points. Like you've, you know, I again, the future salary, unfortunately, that's never going to fly. I don't think. But I think in, in cases where there's separations and support payments. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Very similar to condo fees, where they only use 50% of the right, condo fees. Exactly. It should be the same thing on the support payments as well. And that's yeah. something that hopefully we'll see changed in the near future. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good day.
3: Any birthdays, Frank?
2: I got a couple of birthdays. Of
3: oh, course, really? I was no. doing. I didn't. I can't I think do, of any. Maybe we should save one for Dora. <laughs> Does Dora have one?
2: No. No. no? <laughs> uh, not even Paul's, eh? Uh, who? Who? Paul? Who? Uh, no. I've got uh, obviously Paul's birthday, which we've talked about uh, ad nauseum today. But uh, <laughs> really, <laughs> Paul? Who? Paul? <laughs> Paul who? Uh, Corky? Brian Cork? Uh, one of our agents who's been with us for a long time celebrating a big 4-0 uh, tomorrow. Uh, and him and his wife, Clara, who had a beautiful baby boy named Frank, uh, no, I mean Hank, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, They're expecting their girl mm-hmm. too in September, so congrats on that too. And uh, Renell, who Darren Sador's Executive assistant, uh, she's celebrating her birthday tomorrow as well. So happy birthday to Renell as well. Well, mm. that forty-year-old birthday. Do you remember when Paul was forty? I, I Boy, that was a long time ago. Long uh, time. You know what? I think he missed that show too. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, happy birthday to Paul. Paul, I hope you're having fun in uh, sunny, sunny Florida. And uh, that's about it with from that, my end.
3: With that very, very, very young woman. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: she, she's who, who uh, gets younger every year. Uh, he's he's way above his. <laughs> oh, way above right there. I don't know what she's doing with them.
3: Anything, Dora? <laughs> uh, How do we get a hold of you?
1: Dora at paulrushforth.com.
3: All right. Please. So, and you're going to have <laughs> listings through the roof the next time I you, see you,
1: right? We do. You know what? We we do have quite a few listings. We've got some really great properties to, to purchase. Um, I would encourage anyone who is on the sidelines to to. Just make the leap and and, uh, start looking at houses. Absolutely. absolutely. Make the phone call. Get in front of someone like me and and see what you can do.
3: You'll bring lemons?
1: (laughs) Always lemons.
3: (laughs) Have a
2: great week, folks, and continue to support local businesses and charities.
4: Bye-bye.